Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, relationships, and money. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Love Podcast. Today, my guest is Miss Kim Love Jones, an author, speaker, certified professional life and relationship coach. She's recognized as an authority on interpersonal relationships as well as personal growth and development. Ms. Jones, for the last 15 years, has had a passion for speaking to what ails us in our relationships and has directly impacted the lives of many as she fulfills her mission to change the way men and women relate to one another, putting them on a path to happier, more meaningful relationships, both personally and professionally. Welcome, Ms. Jones. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I am blessed. I am blessed. Oh my goodness. What an opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really, really glad that you you, you could be here with me. Yes, me too. Me too. I'm so glad things worked out. Yes, me too. I know it's been a bit of a whirlwind uh, year, a uh, year and a bit. <laughs> 2021 doesn't seem too different from 2020 just yet. <laughs> no, no, it's actually, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's going to be amazing. It is 2020 W-O-N-1. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I love that wow. reframe. Nice. Yes. Nice. Yes. We're going to win this year. This year is for winning. Yeah. Well, I think that we could definitely use the win. <laughs> oh, yes. After the year we've had. Absolutely. Well, today we're going to talk about vulnerability, which I'm really excited to talk about with you. But before we get into that, I'd love if you could tell, we like hearing a little bit about your background and how you ended up being in the position you're in, helping all these people with their, their li- love lives and relationships. Can I tell you, it's so crazy. I, I was destined for this. I really know that I was. Um, when I was about maybe six or seven years old, I'm the baby in my family, right? Mm-hmm. And so my sisters are nine and 10 years older than me, Right. And they had boyfriends when I was like six or seven because, you know, they were teenagers, you know. And whenever they would get into an argument with their boyfriend or they would get into anything, I would go, that's not nice. That is not how you treat people. (laughs) So it's it's crazy because when I thought about it as I started to grow and, you know, and I was trying to walk, find my way through my life, you know, it's just crazy because I was like, wow, I've always been this person who's been passionate about helping people with their lives. And so I I would do workshops or little groups at my house with with my girlfriends and my guy friends and the book clubs. And and then one thing led to another, one thing led to another, and it just kind of snowballed. And now I officially started actually doing it a longer than I even said. It's been more like 20 something years, but officially 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend started this group at a, at, at an eatery at a restaurant and it was, I went one time, I saw what it was. I said, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, by within three or four months, I had started running the whole entire group. Wow. And so you, so you go to the restaurant and it's kind of like helping people in a group setting. Yes. And everybody used to just come to this restaurant. It's called Spices and the Grill Restaurant. It's in Long Island, New York. And sometimes it would be like 150 people in the room. It was amazing. 
Wow. It was it was amazing because it kind of caught on and everybody would start coming and then we would have a core group around the table and and all of a sudden it just it just blew up because people want to be heard. They they want to feel important. They want um to be, you know, noticed and they want to feel valuable. And so what it did was actually it was a forum. So it gave everybody a chance to get on the mic and discuss how they felt and we would just choose topics every week. And every week people would show up every Tuesday at 7 p.m. And it's funny that we're doing this on, a, you know. Yeah, I, I can't I can't believe that, that people would share so vulnerably in front of so many people. Wow, yes. that's amazing. So you yeah. so people would show up, they would have the opportunity to get on the mic and then share their feelings about a certain topic. And literally there'd be 150 people in the room. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And wow. Would share. Talk about yes, vulnerability. Where, yes. <laughs> this is like amazing. perfect. <laughs> Yes, it really, it really, really was then, and it is the perfect place to start um, in this new year in terms of your relationship. Mm-hmm. It really is. And so I really felt like that that was like my kickoff, you know, and then I just, you know, started from there. I just started coaching from there. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm I'm so interested in this setting. Um, can I ask a few more questions about it? Sure. <laughs> were the people that showed up, were they in relationships already and talking about like their situations or were they kind of single and looking for a relationship? Um, Both. It was okay. married, single, or like professionals. I remember the mayor showed up. Wow. College professors, doctors, lawyers, police officers, correction officers, teachers, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists. It was amazing. Wow. It was absolutely amazing. So people would come and they would just sit in that environment and they would share how they felt. And it was amazing. Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah. 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 That... Some people would just come and observe mm-hmm. because, you know, in order to have that conversation in front of a lot of people, yeah, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable and you cannot be afraid. Right. But Part of that was when they saw other people opening up, you know, and they kept coming week after week. It grew to like 150 people. It started out with maybe about 30 to 35 people mm-hmm. and every week. And then all of a sudden it was the talk. It was the talk. Everybody's, oh, you got to go, you know, to the emotions forum. And it was just amazing. I can't wait till COVID is over so I could do it again. Yeah. Wow. So it was called the emotions forum. Yes. Oh, that's yes. such a great name too. I love that. That's yes. so great. That's so great. And you facilitated this space. Yes. Wow. Yeah. But I didn't come up with the idea. Two of my good friends came up with the idea. Both men who felt like they weren't being heard, who felt like, you know, um, they wanted to create a space for men and women to be heard because there's a lot of things that go on in relationships. And so every week, you know, once I joined the team, both of them had to go back because one was a correction officer, the other one's a police officer, and they both had to go back um, to doing different things at their job, and they could no longer do it. And mm-hmm. they handed the re- you know they handed the reins over to me, and I took it and I ran with it. Wow, wow, what a beautiful yeah. space to be part of. That would have been yeah, really, really, really amazing. Was. And did that have to stop because of I guess because of Corona? And the- um, not really, but yeah, definitely because of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not not completely because of that, but you know, definitely because of that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And so that really kind of, I guess, then you would have been pretty popular because everyone would have known you. Yeah. Amazing. Now everybody's like, Kim, 
come to here. We want you to do it here. Come here. And, you know, and I was like, okay, just set it up and I'll come. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit today about vulnerability. And I think this is a great place to start because (laughs) that is like a super vulnerable space. So uh, one thing you said was, um, and I've done similar forums where you see other people speak and it's so courageous that you can feel you're like, oh my gosh, you know, that just must be so nerve wracking sharing vulnerably in front of so many people. And there's something really special about that. I think getting up on the mic in front of so many people and really, I don't know, showing part of yourself. I think that's why we get so attracted to musicians because it's that same thing of they're being really, really vulnerable. And I mean, they're also, a lot of them are really amazing. So it's really incredible to, to witness, but similarly is seeing these people kind of spill, spill their hearts out. Yes. And yes. How, how can we facilitate that within a relationship? If we're in a relationship and you're with someone who's maybe a little bit guarded and you're wanting to increase the intimacy by vulnerability, how can mm-hmm. we how can we do that if we kind of have a partner who's a little bit tough to get through? Well, I think the most important thing in in that context is that you show up being, right? Vulnerability is akin to intimacy, right? And a lot of people cover up and they're afraid to be seen because they don't want to be judged. And being vulnerable takes a, a great amount of courage. Because most people don't want to allow themselves to be seen. They think that they're going to be judged, right? So if you, if you show up, if you be intimate with your partner, speaking your truth, sharing things that sometimes may be a little painful for you, it'll help them to open up because when you share, it'll give them space to share, Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's built. And it may be, it may not be built by like the worst thing that has ever happened to them in their lives, but it's built incrementally. Being vulnerable, I tell women this all the time, show up, right? Being your authentic self, mm-hmm. be who you are. Don't let the representative rear their head because that's not necessary. When you're really looking for somebody to love you for you, then you has to show up. That you has to show up. So if you want the salad, If you want the hamburger and the french fries at the restaurant, eat the hamburger and french fries. Don't try to be cute and say, no, I'll just have a salad. Right. Right. Because if that's not really, truly who you are, then you are really showing them somebody that's that doesn't really exist. I mean, I love salad, but that's my business. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Some people don't want it. So don't get it to be cute and try to be, oh, I'm on a diet and don't. Just be, show up and be who you are. Mm-hmm. And what you do when you do that initially is you weed out who's not for you. Because if they don't like the authentic you, then you'll know within a week. You'll know after the first day, right? So being vulnerable is much the same way. Like you don't have to tell them the worst thing that's ever happened to you, but you can show share with them some of the things that concern you, right? And as you do that, You open up a window to have real close conversation, real talk. I'm not hiding myself from you. And you create an environment where they'll open up and share with you. And that's what's really important. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about that, that's what I think about. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you first meet someone, there's that real nerve wracking time where you're like, oh, yeah, like exactly what you're saying. Are they going to like me? You know, where, you know, who do, what parts of myself do I show them? And yeah, and I think it is kind of a bit of a test. You can go either way, like try to be somebody you're not. I used to be kind of the, I used to, I don't know why I used to do this. It was kind of like a defense mechanism. I used to be the most extreme version of myself because I was like, if you like this version of myself, because it is part of yeah. me, then yeah. you'll like the rest of me because the rest of me is kind of chill. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Know? And if they can deal with that part of you, <laughs> they can take all of you, the whole enchilada, right? That's right. That's right. That, that was exactly right. Yeah, it yeah. did It did work. But then I was kind of like, okay, so I don't know. It, it's. It, I think there's this moment when you, you know, when you're kind of hanging out with someone and you're like, oh yeah, I, I, I don't mind this person. I don't mind this guy. And then you kind of realize you like them. And once you realize you like them, then you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm like aware that I've, I've got the hots for this person. <laughs> so I'm like a bit self-conscious. It's kind of like it all comes crashing in and you're like, oh my gosh, oh. now I'm watching my behavior more and I'm nervous. And, you know, whereas before I was just able to be myself and now I'm acting a weird. And yeah. 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 So I think. And that's not good either because the, you know, I, I'd say this all the time to, um, to women, especially, especially to women, like, when it comes down to you being authentically who you are, right? They for men spend their whole life trying to find a woman and then they don't want to change her. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And women meet men and they immediately want to change them, right? And so well, I can change that. I can fix this. I can work with that. Well, men want you to stay just the way you are. They they if they when they meet you and they see your character and they see how outgoing and fun you are. They don't want you to regress and go into a shell. They want that same person to show up every time. Now, I will say to you this, there are layers to all of us. We're not always one way or the other way, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's good to kind of introduce or to forewarn, I say, because I have this big, amazing, vibrant personality that's my outdoor personality. When I'm home, I'm quiet and I like to read, right? right? And so there is so many layers to me. And so while I'm loving and I'm kind, I kind of, I also, at the same time, I like my own space. Mm. And while I love company and love entertaining, that's also, you know, it's like there's multiple sides to me, Yeah. right? Yep. And so with that being said, it's okay, but don't lose yourself in the hiding. Because when we begin to hide, we begin to cheat our partners from the best part of us. Mm. And that's what vulnerability is really all about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's. I know it's really, really scary for a lot of people. And I think, you know, the tip about when you show up, it's much easier for somebody else to show up when you when yeah. you have that space. And, and, it, and, it, and it is that scary thing of like, well, am I going to go first or is he going to go first, you know? And I think that that's when those little bridges are built, when we are. Yeah. Those little moments. Little by little, brick by brick. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Brick by brick. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's how it works. And it doesn't happen like you don't just meet somebody and you throw up on them your whole life. No. We're just saying, you know, when, when like you're walking down the street, you're having a conversation, maybe you're holding hands, you're just getting to meet them and, you know, you want to hold hands because you like them. 
and you're walking by a place and you say, oh, I remember that me and my cousins used to come here all the time and we did all of these fun things, really, you know, and you start to open up and share about, you know, what your life was like as a kid and how much fun you had with your cousins, right? And it, it, it allows them to then say, yeah, and when I was a kid, me and my parents did blah, blah, blah. And layer by layer, you're opening up and you're, you're being set free because I really believe that vulnerability is rooted in freedom. I think that's the best thing since sliced bread because it requires you to show up and be authentically who you are, mm-hmm. right? And I just think that that's awesome because in, it's, in the intimacy, the level of intimacy that grows as a direct result of you allowing yourself to be seen mm. is absolutely amazing. It's amazing. It's our path to freedom. Mm-hmm. What if yeah. we have some work to do? I'm just like one of um, a guy I was dating for a little while comes to mind. What if there's some block around that intimacy? Like, for example, this particular person that I'm thinking of, every time I try to have like a deep conversation or perhaps maybe my approach was right. Maybe I was asking questions that, you know, were too intimate. Mm-hmm. If there's just blocks around that and someone's just kind of resisting opening up, where do we kind of go from there? Or what are some ways that we can navigate that while, you know, obviously respecting them and respecting ourselves? Or I, I guess, yeah, just navigate that. How do we, how do we get through that? The first thing is, is that you cannot be anybody but who you are. And if you're being, if you're being intimate or vulnerable is to get them to open up and they're not, then that is their boundary. Don't ever stop being who you are because I'm, you know, love, when you love someone, when you care for someone, that's the only way to break down those walls. Right. And for some, it's not an instantaneous thing. Mm-hmm. because they've been people, the reason why people don't open up for the most part is because they've been hurt before. They've shared their inner mode. They have thought that I trust this person. This person will never do anything to hurt me. And then boom, right in their face, you know, something goes wrong. And so it may take people, you know, a little longer um, to show up, you know, mm-hmm. to become intimate, to become vulnerable. And that's okay. Because there is no time limit on somebody that you care about when you know that that's who they are. Trust that. Leave that to be what it is. You just continue to be who you are, Mm -hmm. loving, kind, open, Mm -hmm. you know, because people, you know, love being open. Now, it's scary even for you. Right. Because now you're saying, oh, boy. I don't know if I want to open up because you're not opening up. You know, you're making me feel like I want to pull back. That's entirely up to you. That's entirely up to you. But I think that it's advantageous to be open, to be honest, to be in this space of freedom. Technically, people crave that. Mm -hmm. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to be loved. I don't care what anybody says unless you live in the hills and you know, in a, in a cabin in the woods <laughs> by yourself. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, you know, because, you know, you recluse from the world, you know, I'm done with this. I'm tired. I don't want to you know, stop the world. I want to get off, you know, but most people really do want somebody who is whom they can communicate and share with, you know, every once in a while though, you do find people who are not that open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And yeah. you, really, you really can't force somebody to be something they don't want to be, I guess. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. All you can do is keep being you and showing up in mm-hmm. love, you know, with a loving, winning personality, being your best self, giving your best. And if it's meant that they would be able to trust anybody, it would be you. Because part of the reason why people don't want to be vulnerable is because other people have really let them down. Mm. They've been let down. They Mm. are really hurt. Some of them are broken, you know? And so that's a painful place to be. And I would say to allow them the time and the space that they need to heal, you know, even if you're not up front and in the center, because that's important. You don't have to stay there if it's not what you want and need. Right. But afford them that, give them that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really important distinction to make, actually, that you can still, you can still really love someone from afar if it's not the right fit for you. It doesn't mean that you have to like sacrifice your whole life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about, um, Let's talk a little bit about more specifically about what showing up looks like. Like what kinds of things does showing up look like? That's good. That's good. Showing up means that no matter what anybody else thinks of you, what anybody else says about you, that you're showing up for you. You're going to let your light shine in relationships. I often talk about this, this, this reciprocity piece. A lot of people want to be loved, right? And um, I've said this quite often. And they show up into wanting a relationship and they want the relationship because they want what they, they want something from it. Right. That's wonderful. But if you show up in the relationship looking for what you're going to get opposed to what you can give, you are out of bounds because the whole point of a relationship is really service. Right. And a lot of people don't see it that way because they think, well, I want. What about reciprocity? What about me? What about me? If you come in the fullness of who you are authentically, without this, you know, hidden agenda, you know, other than probably wanting to be married and, you know, create something real, right? Mm -hmm. If you show up and you're bringing your best self, then the other person in turn will show up to bring their best selves, right? That is our hope, right? That is our hope. But It's important to understand that in these relationships, we just need to be clear about who we are, what we want, you know, um, and and live through that. Not through, I'm going to get, I'm going to can all I get and get all I can, right? That's the wrong attitude. It doesn't really work. And so if you show up being your authentic self, that's how you win in relationships. How can, you know, I often say, like, when you have a lot of friends, I have a lot of friends, but um, that's indicative of who I am, right? But it's also indicative of people who want to be a blessing to me as well, right? And I've carefully chosen, like, they've been vetted, if you get what I mean. They've been vetted. I know that you've always had you know, at some point there was a crossover and you have my best interest at heart. So what do I want to do? I want to serve you as your friend to the best of my ability. I may not be there every day. I may only talk to you once every month, 
when we talk, we may talk for two hours. You know, we got to get it all in. What happened with the kids, just that and the other. How's this and how's that? But what we give to each other is a listening ear. And I'm always showing up and I'm in that right now moment with them. Whatever is going on, we haven't talked about or whatever. I'm giving you the best of myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you show up like that, that's one way of showing up. Showing up by being dependable. You know, knowing when a person knows that they can count on you, it's a game changer. Yeah. Complete and total game changer. Like you're always going to be there. Like you're on time. You just want to show up and give your best. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, you need to go to the doctor. Or you talk to me, say, I'm sick, you need to go to the doctor. All right, I'm going to come and get you and take you to the doctor. Being that kind of friend, right, will net you friends who do the same for you. So that's what I mean when I've been showing up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, um, a really close friend of mine, actually, and it's so lovely. I remember, because I remember someone saying to me uh, about the, the children, his children, he said, the biggest gift you can give to a child is your total undivided attention. And that mm-hmm. always really, really stuck with me. And another mm-hmm. friend of mine who's very close to me, I, I remember we lived together for a little while and it was so lovely every single time. Like say, for example, he'd be working on the couch with his laptop and I'd say, um, you know, excuse me. And then I'd say his name. <laughs> I won't say it here just to protect his privacy. And then he would stop what he was doing and he'd look up and he'd look at me. And I remember thinking, wow, like, that actually doesn't really happen anymore. Like people, the people would just keep going and then be yeah. like, mm-hmm, you know, and he would yeah. stop what he was doing and, and look at me and he'd relax his body. He'd like put his hands down and relax his body. And I was like, man, like even the fact that you did that small gesture of like looking at me yeah. and connecting with me, it just made such a difference. And I, and I, I said to him, I really know, I want you to know, I really noticed that. And it's really lovely. Like, it's really, really lovely to have that attention. And he said, uh, yeah, he goes, I'm very conscious of it because my dad doesn't do it for me. He said, when I speak to my dad, he's just like, completely doesn't look up and just doesn't acknowledge me. And and he's like, and I know what it feels like. So I don't want to do that. And and it it was just this beautiful exchange of energy in action. And it was very consistent. Like you're saying, he would do that a lot. And I mean, I, I was aware that he was working on the couch. So I didn't want to like interrupt him a lot, but we would eat a lot together. So like if I was preparing or something and I needed to ask him something and it was mm-hmm. just, um, it was just really lovely. I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, this is what showing up looks like this behavior. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is it. And that's how you begin to build that trust, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not the big ginormous things. It's, it's the little things. Yeah. It's the little things like when you look me in my eye, I was just in Washington, D.C. in December and <laughs> I went to D.C. and I was driving back in my car and I was on the phone talking to my friend. And I said, you know, oh, you know, I'm passing this place and I was going to move there. And he said to me, he said he didn't say it to me then. Later on, he called me. He said, you got to watch your language. You're not moving there. Like, I was like, why? He's like, because everything is going to be fine. So you don't even need to talk about that. Watch your language. And I thought to myself, wow. And it was because 
when I was I was talking about it, it was a past experience, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember feeling like, you know what? I think I'm going to sell my house and I'm just going to move down here to Jersey, you know, New Jersey. You, you've been in New York, so you know, it's not far. Yeah. And I'm like, but it was when I was in that headspace of I'm going to sell my house and move, right? Mm-hmm. Because none of that is going to happen. Watch your language. Watch what you speak. And when he said that to me, I was like, you know, kind of taken a little aback. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to watch my language. That is so important because you draw into yourself what you speak about. Whatever mm-hmm. you focus on, you get more of, right? And so we know that. The whole dynamic of what we want to manifest for our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And even the mere mention of that is going backwards. It's not going forward. And so it was a good check. I needed to hear it. And it reminded me like that he was so conscious of you're going forward. He reminded me in that moment. And that meant so much to me mm-hmm. that he was reminding me that we are, that I am moving forward mm-hmm. and not backwards. Mm-hmm. Like that was so powerful to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm watching now. I'm consciously watching my language, watching what I speak. Mm-hmm. And so that was just a small little thing, but it was yeah. huge to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you did it in a really respectful way and that you guys have a relation, an existing relationship yeah. where that was, you know, received in a way that you got it. You know what I mean? Because I guess yeah. that's the other thing as well. I find sometimes when sometimes you'll say something well-meaning to someone and then they'll take offense. And then my question to myself is always like, okay, what did I say or how did I say it that mm. they might take offense? Because, you know, what, what was going on here? And I, I guess my remedy for that is if someone takes something I, and I see, I'm like, well, hang on a second. Let me acknowledge it straight away. Cause I, I, I want to make sure we get this right. Like, I don't want you to think, cause I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. And I don't want them to think that I'm having a dig or anything at them because that's not how I operate. Like if I'm having it, if I'm having a dig, it's usually pretty obvious. <laughs> so it's right. not, it's right. not like, it's very explicit. Right. It's not like a subtle thing. So, you know, there's obviously some sort of misunderstanding here. And I feel like even that, like that opening up that conversation for like, hang on a second, let me get this right. Let me just get complete with that. And apologize. Sure you understand. Yeah. 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 And similarly, not taking things like I always come from a place of, well, I try to anyway. I mean, I'm sure I have my days where I don't, but I really try to come from a place where giving people the benefit of the doubt and yeah. believing that they're, they're trying the best that they can, knowing that their best is always changing just as yeah. ours is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's wonderful. I like that. I like that. That is a great, great way to think. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you come from a place of like, you know, even like the other day I was out with a friend and he said, I was wearing these shoes and he was making fun of me. He said, Oh, I like your shoes. And he was having a dig. And I just totally didn't take it like that. Like I was like, I'm not going to take it like that because as soon as I don't take it like that, it changes the whole dynamic. Yes. Yes. Based on right. How you perceive it. Right. Yes. Yes. I just did a workshop, 21 day challenge with a group of people, wonderful people, some of whom I've never met. And it was amazing. And I challenged them to unlock their love. And perception really 
is one of the major, major things that we need to work on. Because sometimes, you know, we don't have to wrestle with everything that's being said to us. You get to choose, right? And in addition to that, are you really seeing it the way that it's really being said? Either way, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes you do need to be guarded depending upon who you're around, right? Right. Mm -hmm. But other times, most of the times, you don't because you're usually around people who genuinely care about you and and care about your well-being, right? Because you really wouldn't be around them if you did not, if they did not, you know. So the whole idea of how you receive things, that's so powerful. Mm. That is so powerful. I love that. I love that you did that. Yeah, well, I remember I had a kind of a bit of a revelation with internet dating as well because I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so exhausting. I'm just not meeting high quality men. Like I just, uh-huh. what's going on? And then I was like, okay, Talia, have a look at your behavior. Like what are you contributing to this energetically? And then I was looking at like the way I was chatting with them. And I was also looking at my guardedness attitude. Like I was, you know, and I was very guarded. And then I was like, okay, so I want, and I said this to myself, I want you to practice being more open, even just in your intention, talking to these guys for the first time. And what happened was I had such a difference in, in response from men. And then I started meeting these much higher quality men and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, the only thing that changed was yeah. my mindset. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That is the, that's the number one thing that needs to change. That's the thing that we really need to wrap our heads around because sometimes we're just stuck. Yeah. And we don't, we're, we're not even, we don't mean to be like, but our environment, um, DNA, a lot of things contribute to why we feel the way that we do, right? Mm -hmm. Which stops us from being vulnerable, which stops us from having the courage uh, to go out and do things. But everybody I have ever met wants to be loved. Mm. Everybody. Mm -hmm. And some people get pets because it's easy. Yeah, yeah. But everybody wants to be loved and they want to belong to something greater. They want to produce at a greater level. They want to serve, right? And so when you get to that point in your life where you understand that the bridge from where you are, right, right now, and the bridge to where you're going is your mindset, it's the complete and total game changer. Mm -hmm. I just have to change the way I'm doing things. I have to open myself up to love. I have to be more open because I'm being closed. I, I'm trying to, you know, be cute or I'm trying to be accepted. And I think that if I show up being this way, that I'm, they're not going to like me. But then if you show up being that way and they don't like you, they saved you a lot of time mm-hmm. because you're awesome. Because you're awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. And you got to know that you're awesome. You got to know. I, I just had them doing like um, I am statements, affirmation, mm. you know. And you have to tell yourself that. I, I tell myself that now so much. Like I literally feel the vibration, the energy in me shift. When you understand that you are worthy, that you are enough, that you can show up and be authentically who you are and not be afraid, you know, and not be closed off because that's bondage. And the last time I said, I wanted to be free. I want to be free to love. 
mm-hmm. you know, and you can't be, you can't have them both. You, you're either going to do, be free or you're going to be, or you're going to be in bondage. And I don't like bondage. I want to be free. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's awesome. I love that. I love that. I love what you said. Yeah, it really it, it really made a difference because I th- I think what what happened was I didn't realize that I was doing that. Cuz I I started looking at the situation and I was like I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> like something's not hey, working here. What were here. you doing specifically though? Cuz I want to know. What were you doing? You mean before I realized what I was doing? Yeah. I I, yeah. I guess I had this attitude. That's a really good question by the way. I guess I had this attitude of it's never going to happen. Like I'm never going to find anyone. And people would say things like, you know, cause you're on a bunch of different apps and like, here's some things people say, well, Tinder's just a hookup app. And I, and the, and what got me over that hurdle was cause Tinder's one of the apps that I was on. But then I was like, okay, what go, got me over that was one of my best friends met his wife now on that app. And she's amazing. I'm like, okay, wow. they have two kids now. They met on Tinder and it's, so it's, um, I mean, they obviously hooked up, but, but they also found love. So, right. you know, it's like, so it's like, okay. I mean, I don't know if the hookup came before the love or who win. knows what happened. Right. It was a win-win. It was a win-win. <laughs> so, so the thing is, so that knowing that I was like, well, it's possible. Cause every time I hear someone say it's just a hookup app, it's like, well, actually I know someone who met someone really wonderful and it's not the first friend who that's happened to. So it's like, right. It is possible. And it is, ex- I think it's just exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting being on these apps. And you're like, oh my goodness, asking the same questions and then like filing through all the profiles. And do you know what I mean? Trying to look. And, and then it's also, it's kind of a weird window shopping because when you meet someone in person, you get the vibe of their essence of their being. So it doesn't, you know, yeah. I mean, I remember looks to me are just one part of the puzzle. You like, I remember not being attracted to somebody. And then the more I got to know that person, the more I fell in love with them and my eyes changed. I literally felt my eyes change. And that experience was like, you know, and and I've been with men who are incredibly handsome and not very pretty people on the inside. And so, and that also shines. So it's like, well, that's, it's not attractive. It doesn't matter how aesthetically pleasing you are if you, if it's not on the inside as well, you know. If you have no substance. Yeah. <laughs> no and there wasn't a lot of substance with a lot of those <laughs> right. pretty people. Not all of them, of course. I mean, I'm not saying right. it's not I a blanket rule. Yeah. 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 And so, that's and, important. Yeah. So I guess I just, I was like, okay, you say, and this is what I'm saying to myself, Tyler, you say that you're being open, but are you really? That was the question I was asking myself. Are you really? And then I was kind of like, oh, this is how I talk to myself. Okay, let's try. Let's try then. Like. Let's yeah. try, let's try doing this other thing. Cause I remember I went to a therapist once, this was years and years and years ago. And I was with mm-hmm. my partner at the time. And I remember I was going through a time where I was kind of on his case a lot. And I was like, why am I on this guy's case a lot? That's not who I am. There's something right. going on. And I remember my therapist said to me, well, what I want you to do is I want you to try on the next time he does something that irks you. I want you to try on just being, just calm, being calm and being okay with it. And and what that did was like, it still irked me, but I, I, cha- I changed my reaction. I changed my perception. And that was such a great lesson for me because I was like, okay, it gave me a glimpse of what well, you are in control. You are choosing your response. So you yes. can choose different if you want. And, and that kind of, le- yeah, that yes, lesson always stuck with me. Emotional intelligence. Mm. Emotional intelligence. When you start to understand that the one person you can control is you, mm-hmm. you change your integrity 
who you are as a person, your core values, what is the end game for you? I ask people that all the time because sometimes you have to pick up my book. You have to pick up my book, Perfectly Imperfect. But sometimes (laughs) what we do is we literally wage war. and, And while we may win the battle, we lose the war. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because we get so, you know, caught up on the one thing. Right. And the end game is I want happiness. I want peace. I want Mm -hmm. love. I want joy. And those little things will have us so messed up. Um, They'll have you fighting and arguing and over nonsense. And then when you think about it, when your perception changes, like, wait a minute, is this that important that I'm willing to tear my partner up? completely down, you know, mm-hmm. just to to win this battle, mm-hmm. to, to, to prove that I'm right and they're wrong, mm-hmm. you know? So you, when you ask yourself some of those questions, it, it changes. It changes the way you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to win battles. I want to win the war or, you know, vice versa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I want, to have ultimately happiness and peace and joy. So if that's what I want, then there are some things that I'm going to have to let go. And I'm not talking about major things. Right. I'm talking about the things like, you know, you left the toilet seat up. Right. The little things. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Like we were talking about before, how all the little acts of vulnerability and kindness can build the bridges all the little acts of anger about little things like the toilet seat can equally, you tear know, them down. yeah, yes. tear them down. Yeah. It's like the marble jars when Brene, Brene Brown talks about the marble jars. Have you heard about that? Oh, uh, not the marble jars. So she talks about um, basically exactly what we're talking about. Like the, every, every little small act, it's like you have a, a jar and then it's her like, daughter. yeah, her daughter. I saw that. That's I saw right. that. Yeah. Saw I'm going to, I'm going to link that video in this, uh, in these show notes. Cause it's a, such a that. great excerpt. Yeah. And so, yeah, building up those, those marbles in that marble jar. And every time those little niggling things happen or, or a break of a breach of trust happens, yes. then a marble comes yeah. out of the marble jar. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly how it works as a matter of fact. That's exactly how it works. And so if we want to build something great, then we would want to continue to put marbles in the jar, good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to keep, and it's, and it's little, it's little acts, it's little things like thoughtfulness, you know, babe, I made you a cup of coffee or I, I got you something that I knew, you know, that they needed, or, you know, little things. It doesn't yeah. have to cost $200. It could just be, a t-shirt. Oh, I was at the store and I saw a nice little t-shirt that I thought you would like, Yeah, you know, yeah, with some yeah. cute saying on it or something. Yeah. 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 So that's the thing that makes you, lets you know that somebody's really checking for you and loving on you. And it feels amazing. It does feel amazing. It really does. It really does. <laughs> and it's so yeah. easy just to build those little, those little um, moments, isn't it? It really makes a difference. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And you can, you can win with that attitude. You could win with that attitude mm-hmm. because that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. That's how you win. Mm-hmm. That's how you win. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Kim, thank you so much for being here today. This has been so great. I really love chatting to you. I feel like I had this last time we had a little chat too, like your energy is so calming. You just got this beautiful calming energy. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. And that's all. I was going to mention that before, actually. That's the holding space. So like, have you heard about the, um, you know how when you, you speak calmly, then you kind of like influence without even knowing the other person who you're speaking to to speak calmly? Really? I didn't even know that. I feel like that is notice it next time. Try it next time. When you like, if someone's speaking really hot, like rushed and frantic, and then you're like, uh-huh. oh my gosh. And then you kind of just really rain it down. And oh, yeah, that's how I No, That's what I do. Yeah, I do, you do that. You totally do that. Are, <laughs> no, no, because sometimes I'm a little frantic, but what I do, like if I'm having a conversation, let's say with my sister or something and things are starting to get a little, you know, ramped up, I'll lower my voice. Yeah, you're really good at it. So if she wants to hear what I have to say, she has to quiet herself in order to hear me. <laughs> so, you know, it just depends, you know, it depends on who I'm talking to. But sometimes I'm, you know, a little, you know, there's layers to this. There's layers, there's yeah. levels and layers. But yeah, yeah, I love the, I, I love where I am right now. I think that we should all fall in love with wherever we are right now and embrace it. I think um, once we embrace that, it won't be as hard for us to show up. Mm-hmm. Once we do that, you know, mm-hmm. like just love who you are, whoever that may be, wild, crazy, just be that person. I'm very silly. I like to have fun. I got jokes. I love every bit of who I am. 95% of it, you know, because nobody you know, it's all the way there. But who I am right now in this moment, in this space, at this time, I absolutely love. I love her. She's amazing. That's that's where I am. You know, and I speak to that. Yeah, it, it feels really nice to be <laughs> to be having this conversation with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome you're so awesome I love you oh my god if people want to get in touch with you how can they do that uh they can contact me at Mm reallovejones.com um or they can email me at reallovejones678 at gmail.com I'm on Facebook Kim Love Jones I am on IG Real Love Jones and yeah they can contact me that way Awesome. Perfect. And I'll put all of the uh, links mentioned in the show note episode for this episode at rebelove.com forward slash EP19. Again, that's rebelove.com forward slash EP19. Kim, thanks again. Happy 2021. I know, right? (laughs) One (laughs) (laughs) W-O-N. Awesome. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thanks for listening to the Rebel Love Podcast, the podcast about love, sex, relationships, and money. If you like this episode, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. And find all the details of this episode and more at rebellove.com forward slash podcast.